I need your help to grow the New Hampshire Business Show. Head over to patreon.com slash nhbusinessshow and help support the show today. With the money we gain from this, um, we put it into you know things like running the studio every month, advertising, things that are kind of like monthly charges for us. Since we don't we don't charge our guests to come on the show, and they provide a lot of great content for everyone else, we would love the opportunity to you know reach out, support the show, so we can all help each other out. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Hamster Business Show. My name is Chris Pastrana, and today we're here with John Kaufman of Lamore. How are you doing, John? Chris, I'm great. How are you? Doing very well. So I'm excited. Um, the minute you start talking about sales, I like I perked up a little bit. I'm like, I love sales. This is fun. <laughs> you're not the, you know, you're not the, uh, the, the 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 person that typically tells me that I've perked them up when yeah. I've started to talk. So I'm pleased about that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get that a lot. Yeah, I'm lying. <laughs> cool. So let's talk a little bit about yourself, um, sure. kind of your history, what got you into. You know, sales training and all the cool stuff you do. Sure. Um, well, you, you might have, have guessed, and, and as your audience might guess, that I'm not originally from these parts. Probably. Yeah. Uh, and don't worry, I haven't kind of come to take it, you know, old England come to take New England back. Um, <laughs> but I've been here actually in the on the seacoast uh, for the last nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, been involved in the training and education market for a long time, uh, probably uh, when you were... Um, the apple in your father's eye, uh, when it was when I started, originally in sales roles uh, in the in the technology training marketplace, and then went into sales management, and then I got involved in investing a bit in a business uh, in the UK uh, back in 2000, which uh, we were very successful with. We took that from four million pounds, so about six million dollars, up to about a hundred million dollars over about six years, and then sold that to a private equity company. And uh, from there, I then invested in a similar type of business that was based in Salem, New Hampshire. Yeah. Which brought me here to New Hampshire. I'd never been. I'd been to the states a lot. Yeah. Uh, backwards and forwards, uh, you know, both for business and also for uh, pleasure as well over the years. But I'd never been to New Hampshire, so it was the first time I'd came to New Hampshire and settled on the seacoast. And here I am, nine years later, still living on the seacoast. That business I originally invested in. Um, we we did a trade sale on that and we sold that and and then I uh, did this joint venture with my partners in the UK with Lamore uh, to actually do something that is uh, for me it's incredible because sales has been my career whether that's internal or external sales and I'm sure we'll talk about my definition of selling yeah um, uh, because it's probably slightly different to what everybody would uh, would, would understand. Um, or have a view on and um, uh, I'm now in the position where I'm actually involved in the training and education marketplace which is has been my career but actually around my real passion which is developing people to be more successful and and their organizations to be more successful through sales yeah yeah it's pretty cool so I Thank guess you. we'll start there, uh, your definition sure. of sales. My <laughs> definition of sales. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a good point because if you go and look in the Oxford English Dictionary or Merriam-Webster's um, and, and look for the de- definition of sales, it's got this really dry terminology of, you know, uh, you know, in exchange for money and goods and services, etc. When in actual fact, that's not what selling's about at all. Um, that's kind of a result of that process of selling. Um, for me, the definition of sales is to is to positively influence people. 
mm-hmm. um, and, and it's important, I think, kind of to break that down. You know, it's positive uh, because uh, we need to enjoy the experience. Um, as salespeople, we need to enjoy the experience. As buyers, we need to enjoy the experience. It needs to be constructive. Uh, I mean, I actually think that the, the sales process is as much as an education as it is actually looking to sell a product because yeah. we're helping people understand what their needs are. They may have known needs, but the likelihood is they've got unknown needs as well and they want to be educated uh, around that, whatever your products and services. So we've got to enjoy that, so it's got to be positive. And of course, if it's positive, then people will want to come back and do it again yeah. uh, because that's what we do, uh, things that we enjoy. Um, and that's really quite important because there's some interesting stats that say that selling to an existing customer is about... Uh, 12 times less expensive than it is to, to selling to a new customer. So we really want to kind of harvest the people that we have been selling to um, and make sure that that experience for them is as enjoyable as possible. And most importantly, we've done what we said we could do, yes. when we could do it, yeah. and how we could do it, and so on. So, so that's the one aspect. Influence, you know... Um, one of the questions I get asked a lot, uh, you know, if I'm at a party or something, and I, people say to me, oh, what do you do? And I always say I'm a salesperson. Um, and, uh, you know, they kind of take three steps back and I check my armpits to see if I put deodorant on that night. Um, you know, because everybody has this kind of, you know, view of, 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 of what a salesperson should sound and look like. And one of the things that they always say to me is, I could never do that. Yeah. You know, or oh, that could never be for me. And, and the reality is, is actually not only can you do it, but you're actually doing it all the time. Um, you're just not necessarily doing it in a professional environment because this whole process of influencing people is something, it's an innate skill uh, yeah. that we've got. We've been doing that since we kind of were born. I mean, you know, admittedly, it was pretty crude, yeah. you know, in terms of, you know, you want your diaper changing uh, for English listeners' nappy. Um, you know, you'd scream and shout and, and, and bang your feet, etc. But as we got older, um, we actually honed those skills uh, and uh, we understood how we had to influence people. We also understood how we were influenced ourselves, you know, kind of teachers at school. You know, you, 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 we all had teachers at school um, that took a really dry subject that we didn't particularly like, but they brought it to life yeah. because of how they influenced us to get our heads around it. And other subjects that we might have really liked were made dead boring for people who weren't in a position to be able to inspire us. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we kind of got an understanding of that. By the time we got to the age of 16, we started to get kind of a little bit more sophisticated. You know, we could end up getting, you know, the family car for the weekend. Uh, we knew between our parents who was the decision maker and the decision influencer, uh, and we knew how to approach both. We knew how to get advocates and referrals, uh, and and you know uh, we also knew that we had to give something back in return as well, um, if if people were going to deal with us. So this whole process of I can't sell, you know I don't want to sell, I, I, and, and I don't think I ever could. Well, funnily enough, actually you've been doing it. All the time with you know with your nearest and dearest, with your friends, with your with your work colleagues, because you've been going through a process of influencing people, and and if you've ever had a partner, a significant other, or a spouse, then you've actually gone through that process, and they've signed the biggest order, you know, the one for life, yeah, you know, and and um, that's what selling is all about. It's about influencing people. I do a little exercise actually, Chris, which um, is is quite fun. Um, which, which if you go out, I'll take a group of salespeople and I'll take them out into the street 
and we'll be stood, stood on the sidewalk and I'll take the first five people that come to us randomly and say to them, ask them the question, how would you like to be sold to? What do you think the answer is? Oh, what? The answer is, I don't. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, and then take the next five people and say mm -hmm. to them, how would you like to be influenced? And the answer to that question is, actually, it's a lot of different answers. It could be, oh, what do you mean by influence? It could be, oh, well, I like this or I like that. The difference is, is that we start conversation because people don't feel threatened um, if they're being influenced yeah. uh, in the same way as, as they might do with sales. So, so that's kind of my, 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 my definition of selling. Okay. Uh, and, you know, in terms of what we do as a business through the Principal Sales Series, which is fundamentally the curriculum, the content, that we have that we deliver in a lot of ways. It, it's all about supporting people um, from a sales perspective, salespeople, to be in a position to be able to um, influence people professionally and influence them successfully and that they enjoy that experience. It's based on 16 words, which is really very simple for everybody to be able to get their head around, yeah. which, which is that people buy when a compelling need is met by a credible solution with perceived value. And, and that is what our philosophy is all about and, and the training programs that we deliver online and face-to-face -face in, the, in, in, the, in the classroom are about kind of dissecting that and pe providing people with a framework to be able to utilize to really be successful. Okay, so this is funny. So the reason in the beginning I said that I was excited when you started talking about sales yeah. is <clears throat> I run into this a lot, especially in with my demographic of like listeners and people I bring on. They for I don't know if they forget or they just don't want to recognize that they're salespeople. Like, ah. like I, I a lot of business owners who are like, no, 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 no. I'm not a salesperson. Wow. I'm this, and I'm like, you gotta. <laughs> so you've just so 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 so, so what you've you've just. You've just picked one of the, the, the my the great sore yeah. things that I have because and this is interesting. So uh, there's a word uh, that people like to call themselves, mm -hmm. and if you go on LinkedIn and you put this word in the search, it'll come up with millions of people that have got this particular word in their title. Yeah, and you know what that word is? What was it? Entrepreneur. Oh. <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur. <coughs> yeah, or an intrapreneur, yeah. which is which is. Uh, that kind of hit us, you know, in the last 20 years, you know, people who act in an entrepreneurial fashion, but within a corporate organization. So, so this is, this is my soapbox. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I've got to tell you, you know, um, uh, for people that are listening to this, I, I'm st stood on the table whilst I'm saying this. <laughs> people watching know that that's not true. Um, so yeah, this is, this, this is my big soapbox. Uh, People want to be entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. and, and great, you know, uh, they, they've got great attitude, they've got great desire, they want to be in control of their own destiny, they want to, you know, they want to work hard, they, they want to, you know, create wealth for themselves, shareholder value, whatever you want to call it, okay, uh, but fundamentally, they want to be in a position to make a difference for themselves, their families, and also for their marketplaces that they're selling into. Yeah. And of course, there's some wonderful examples of, of great entrepreneurs, uh, some of which we, you know, kind of use to um, model ourselves on. You know, in the UK, you've got people like Sir Richard Branson. You know, in the United States, oh, you know, the list is, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. as, 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 as long as you're on. But this is where I'm, this is my real bugbear, is that, you know, people will go to college, 
uh, uh, to, to learn how to operate in a business environment. They don't teach you anything about entrepreneurialism, by the way, in college. Uh, in fact, I think they, they do everything they can not to teach you about entrepreneurialism. But they'll teach you how to put marketing plans together. They'll teach you to put business plans together. They'll teach you how to read a set of uh, accounts and profit and loss and all those things, etc. And, and, but one thing that nobody in this entrepreneurial bracket understands is that they need to have professional sales training. That if you are an entrepreneur, at your very heart, you have to be a salesperson and you have to do that well. And if you don't believe that, don't put any money into a business because you will lose it. It's yeah. as simple as that. A, a great analogy I've got, you, you must watch Shark Tank. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I love Shark Tank. Uh, I, I mean, it's great entertainment. The, you know, the sharks are quite funny between them, etc. But it's also <laughs> interesting seeing people... Actually, people like me, ordinary people in the street that, you know, want to, you know, develop businesses for themselves. Um, and, and what's really interesting is you can take, you know, somebody that can walk into the shark tank looking for a deal. Uh, and, you know, they may not be very good at presenting. Uh, they actually may not have the greatest idea or product or service or whatever, etc. They may have the worst halitosis that you've ever seen. And they do their pitch, and the sharks sit there and listen, and then the sharks ask them one question. What are the sales? It's typically the first question they yeah. ask. What are the sales? Now, anybody who's listening to this who wants to be an entrepreneur doesn't think sales is important, it's the first question they ask. What are the sales? Yeah. If the sales are half a million, a million, a million and a half, two million, sometimes more, etc., bang, immediately... The halitosis has gone away, the bad presentation's gone away, you know, the, the, the challenges that might be with the product and service. Because what they've demonstrated is they've been able to take a product to market and they've been able to have that product adopted and people have been prepared to pay for it. Mm -hmm. And that's the platform for business. You can make, you know, people can learn to be better presenters, they can be in roles that are more... Um, uh, focused on what their strengths are, all those kind of things. But fundamentally, the thing that is so important, the foundation of everything, the lifeblood of every business is sales. Yeah. But nobody goes out and, and, and uh, particularly independent entrepreneurs, you know, um, they're not investing yeah. in, in how they're developing their skills uh, to sell. You know, and, and in, in, in so many corporate roles or business roles, finance, legal, HR, there is something called continuing education, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, I always use the analogy, you know, when was the last time you ever got on a plane where the pilot had some training once? Never. Why? Because every year that pilot, no matter how many hours of flying he's got under his belt, has to get himself in a simulator and he has to be trained he has to go through continuous education he does it or she does it so that they can uh, prove that they know what they know mm -hmm. and they do it so that they develop and build on what they already know and that happens in so many different roles IT all over yeah but not in sales mm. and without selling you got no legals you got no HR you got no marketing you've got nothing you've got no business so for me, this whole 
evangelistic approach that I take. <laughs> you know, I should have come in with a white suit. Yeah. Um, uh, but this whole evangelistic approach that I take, it, it, it's as much about demonstrating to people that they have this need for uh, formal education development. You know, they'll spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on college uh, um, uh, educations, okay, to develop something, develop skills that will enable them to perhaps create their own business. Yeah. But they won't go out and spend two or three thousand dollars and have a formal training program in sales, which is the only thing that's going to make that business come. Oh yeah. Come to fruition. Yeah. Help me. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. I won't be investing in businesses like that. Yeah, that's oh, that's funny because there's a lot there. Um, yeah. Right. Sorry, like, I, I I do no, go on, don't I? No, but it, it's, I'm very yeah. passionate about it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I was super excited about this because I've had this conversation so many times. Yeah. Um, because I I speak to a lot of businesses, so I'm every, sure. so every once in a while they ask me advice, and like the first thing I tell them is like, can you sell it? Like, before you do anything, can you you person you listening like can you go out whatever product or idea you have can you sell it to somebody yeah if you can't then don't don't do it <laughs> well and you know one of the questions I, I get quite a lot is uh people will turn around and say well i've I, I i've you know i've i've um you know I, i've developed a business and i've never had any formal sales training and i don't you know i don't feel that i'm selling to people and so on etc and sure, I understand that that's the case. And there are some things that, you know, kind of create a bit of momentum around them. And there are things that we do to help create demand, you know, like networking and referral and, and so on and some advertising, etc. But let's not be confused. Because the, 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 the one question that I always ask all salespeople, and, I, and, and as you can imagine, I work with sales organizations in large corporates, right through to kind of private individuals, speak to a lot of people. And... There's one question I always ask. Honestly, answer me the question. Are you selling or are you order taking? Yeah. There's a big difference between the two. Yeah. And, you know, anybody can order take. That's about yeah. customer service, okay? Um, give me a salesperson that's order taking, then I'd be expecting them to upsell because they've yeah. got somebody who's come in already with the need they want to buy the product, yeah. okay, how do we maximize that? You know, yeah. how do we create a long-term relationship? That's where selling comes into that order-taking process. But you need to understand how to do that. And it's really important that people aren't confused between this, the, 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 these, these two things. You know, when I'm working with large corporate organizations, I always ask a question is, is um, you know, do you think your sales targets as a measurement, are, are, are they a reflection of opportunity? Or are they simply kind of ink marks on a piece of paper that meet what the need is for the business to sustain, sustain itself? And they, you know, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, you've got a business here that's kind of got revenues of 50 million and you're working in a marketplace that's worth 2.5 billion. Yeah. So you've got a very small slice of it. What are you doing to understand how you can get a bigger slice of that? And yeah. do the sales targets reflect that opportunity or are the sales targets just kind of an internal measurement you know to kind of continue hmm. what you're doing and what you've always been doing yeah and and in many instances of course the the, the answer to the question is well now the sales targets are based on you know we have a budget and then we divide it by the number of salespeople, and 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 so on and so so forth okay that's fine 
I've got nothing wrong with that process. The problem is, is that what you've then got is salespeople that achieve that number aren't necessarily being successful at fulfilling opportunity and you're not doing anything to support them, develop their skills to be able to take advantage of that opportunity. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Because the reason I like sales so much um, was like I said, but was we were talking beforehand, I sell cars kind of on the side, you know, a little bit. Yes. And it's a lot of fun. I enjoy doing it. I enjoy yeah. sales um, because there shouldn't be a limit. So when you put like, almost like you were saying, you, know, you put this arbitrary number there, like, oh, you need to hit this number in sales. Like, well, can you do more than that? <laughs> like, because you're right, there's more opportunity to be had there and, you know, properly training our salespeople and then pushing them with, you know, higher quota, higher commission, you know, you could really... Well, that's a, you've, 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 I mean, you mentioned a really good point because, uh, um, I mean, we, we, we all think that salespeople are, are, are motivated by money. Mm -hmm. Not true. Um, uh, there's, and and I, I'm going to sit back and y y use some some of academia to kind of to help me out here. I don't I, I don't know if you're familiar with with Hertz, Hertzberg's two factor theory, but he has a two factor theory, that, mm -hmm. and, and that two factor theory is that uh, the, 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 there are motivational factors that people have, and that there are hygiene factors that people have, yeah. and and motivational factors are things like. De been developed and, mm -hmm. and, and training and, and job progression and so on and hygiene factors is where actually the money falls into yeah um, because uh, the money is a result of something that else that you've done yeah well mm -hmm. okay uh, it just so happens and there are some sales organizations that actually don't pay a commission they just give everybody a you know a basic salary and I don't want suggesting for one minute I necessarily agree with that but there are different ways of doing it but fundamentally money isn't the biggest motivator for a salesperson yeah um, and they might tell you it is uh, because they think they should but the reality is is salespeople are no different from anybody else in terms of what they're looking for out of their career you know, they want to be developed, they want uh, progression, they want promotion, uh, they want status and so on and all those kind of things and respect of the people around them. Um, and if they had none of that, but they were earning more than anybody else in the organisation, to be quite honest with you, yeah, okay, they might have the nicest car in the car park, but they won't be as satisfied yeah. or as fulfilled as the people who do have those motivational factors. Mm. Um, and that's so. It is, and it, so it's also a very interesting thing to kind of look at what motivates us to sell. Yeah, because if the, I mean, in some cases, I guess it could be, but if the money isn't the big motivator, like why do we push quotas so hard? You know, shouldn't that just be kept kind of internal so that we know we we can judge the company properly? But like, don't push it so hard on the salespeople, and instead focus on the training and push them to do the best they can and just don't worry about the quotas. So this is the point out of my other pockets, I get soapbox number two out. Okay. <laughs> so soapbox number two is all about sales leadership. Yeah. Uh, because that's the, that, that speaks to, to the point that you've just made, the question you've asked. Um, and quite frankly, sales leadership is not great. I, I, I mean, I, I, I apologize if I've, I've offended anybody out there that's in a, uh, in, in a sales management position. Um, uh, but, but, you know, quite frankly, it, it could be a lot better. Um, it's not 
necessarily Cell's leader's fault. I actually think that the um, that the role of Cell's management within an organisation is the worst role to have. Yeah. Quite honestly, and I'll tell you the reason why. It, it's because you kind of sandwiched. So. Uh, when everything's going well and, and and the senior management, the board members, you know, all kind of sat around the board table, etc. When everything's going well, they're kind of patting themselves on the back. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's what they've, you know, yeah. it's what they've generated, what they've created, etc. When things aren't going well, it's the sales manager's fault. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then that pressure is then placed on the sales manager and the sales manager then reflects that pressure onto his salespeople. His salespeople, or her salespeople, don't enjoy or respect the fact that they're getting that pressure. So then they get the sandwich effect. Yeah. You know, They get it from both sides. Um, and and there's, there's kind of some reasons for that. I mean, obviously, there's some interesting leadership philosophies around that. Yeah. Um, but... One of the other issues, I think, particularly today, um, and, and I was kind of, I've been around long enough, as you can tell, um, <laughs> you know, to remember when we had no technology, yeah. you know, in sales organizations. Uh, and what I mean by no technology, I mean, the first piece of technology I ever got was a pager. You know, I, I, I thought I was, you know, been walking around with this pager on my, on my waistband, clipped to my waistband, <laughs> so my office could get in touch with me and yeah. beat me at any time. I thought it was like being in the FBI. I thought, it was, I thought it was the most wonderful thing. I've never seen anything like it in my life. With technology today, what this does is it creates a lot of information for us, uh, creates a lot of statistics, and it creates uh, this great desire to go into analysis paralysis. Yeah. Now, absolutely, that data and information can provide us with insights that you know we've never had before, and there's absolutely a role and a place for that. And and you know, listen, I use it in our own business, you know, kind of all the time. Mm -hmm. But um, speaking to this point about, you know, are we selling to a a, 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 a a manufactured target or are we actually selling to opportunity fundamentally for me that all depends on how we inspire people and the tools we use to inspire people yeah um, and, and how we go about supporting them as part of that inspirational process that that's the and, and throwing a spreadsheet at them you know with a bunch of numbers on it because of some analysis that we've done that's just been shot out of the you know, sales enablement platform that we've got within our organization. That's not inspirational. That's not kind of giving desire and hunger. It's not leading from the front, no. you know. Um, and I'm a great, I'm a great believer in kind of looking at analogies. Uh, here there is, you know, a fantastic analogy of great leadership, particularly around team sports, as an example, you know, with a gentleman called Bill Belichick, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, and what I find fascinating about Bill Belichick is is that when I see him interviewed, I've never met the man, it would be a great honour to do that, but um, when I see him interviewed, you know, I mean, he kind of looks quite a dour, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and that could just be his relationship with the media, but but, 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 but the bottom line is, is, I mean, he's not Mr. Personality, is he? No. But by gosh, does his, do the people that are around him, you know, the team, the squad, the backroom staff, the coaches, and so etc. You know, he inspires them. Uh, a great, uh, 
a, a, a great comparison would be the great Sir Alex Ferguson, who was the who was before he retired the manager of Manchester United, the soccer team in in the United Kingdom, who managed that team for twenty six years. Again, a, a quite a dour Scot. Yeah, uh, was Sir Alex, <coughs> but the people around him, you know, by God, they bought into him. Yeah. You know, and he inspired them to give of their best. And yes, there was a place, and there is a place to kind of sticking a chart up on the wall and going through different things, etc. But that isn't really the inspiration. That's kind of you know the coaching. That's the technical stuff. Uh, the thing that you know kind of really makes us all uh, work on on a day to day basis and and kind of get out of bed are the things that kind of inspire our attitudes to. Do things that we've never done before and and in many many instances particularly around sales are to do things that we feel uncomfortable with or we have a great apprehension about um, we need uh, within sales organizations for inspirational inspirational leadership to give us courage to give us the courage to do the things that we may not feel very comfortable about and, and that's one of the roles i think uh, is really really important with sales leadership and it's actually really important as far as our programs are concerned because yeah. what we're doing is we're giving people the knowledge that knowledge transfer which helps develop their courage and we're doing it very specifically in a very inspirational as you can tell i'm very dour and boring um so i'm not very good at it but but but, but you know bottom line we're doing it in a very inspirational way because we want people to be entertained by it because the things that we enjoy going back to where we really started we will embrace yeah very cool <laughs> do you need a new website like myself and probably like some of you that's probably a yes so head over to com slash zimventures to check out the options he has available for you. Um, you got state-of-the-art design. <clears throat> all, all websites come with free SSL hosted, which is going to be huge coming for uh, SEO and Google here in the future. Um, redundant server architecture, reasonably priced, um, yearly hosting options. So you have all, everything you need to run your website and to create a new one for you. It's fantastic. Uh, developer has been doing it in... I think 18 or so years now so he knows what he's doing uh, he's been at it for a while he's put together some great websites and he's putting together mine so i will say um it is definitely worth the time to reach out so he head over to nhpshow.com slash zimventures check them out <laughs> well you know it's interesting actually because the, the, you know um the, there's a, there's a great point there actually with what you've just said um i speak one-to-ones i do big conferences and yeah. so on i do a uh one of the things i do for a conference is where i actually take the movie hitch mm -hmm. we call it pitch we but we take the movie yeah. hitch and i take six or seven um uh, I take six or seven clips from that movie mm -hmm. and then relate them to a professional sales environment because it's all about you know kind of that relationship building it's all about differentiating ourselves yeah uh and we, like, we, don't let me go before I've talked about differentiation because that's <laughs> hobby horse number three. Okay, <laughs> um, uh, and we we must talk about that. Um, but but the the the, re the reality is is is, is I have these kind of conversations with people all the time, mm -hmm. uh, and you know what? Nobody sits there and turns around to me and say, "John, you're wrong." 
Uh, and that's not because I'm always right. It's because, yeah, actually, a lot of this stuff makes sense. But the difference is, whether you agree with it or not, but the difference is people don't put it into reality. No. You know, every plan needs to be executed. Every plan needs to be implemented. There's no question about that. And, and I can have this conversation um, as long as I need to until I'm kind of old and grey but there is a community of people out there that will nod their head and never do anything about it and there's a great phrase great saying which I was like which is if you always do what you've always done you'll always get what you've always got that's pretty good you have to make change yeah uh, and you have to implement some of this stuff and you know, people will go to Barnes & Noble or buy a book on sales. Mm -hmm. uh, there was an interesting question on a LinkedIn post on my feed the other day, which was, uh, you know, are, are books on sales of any value? Absolutely. Of course they are. You know, I mean, I, I don't know how you choose one. You go to Barnes & Noble and you kind of wander up and down that aisle and, and, you know, you've got a whole range of different titles. I'm not sure the process that you go through to actually choose something that's the right thing for you. Um... But to do that in isolation, you know, I've got people, you know, look how many books I've got on sales on my, you know, on, on, on my shelf. That's great. That's lovely. I go, hang on. And all the dust comes off them, you know. You need to do something that's continuing. You need to do something that's sustainable. Um, you know, with the solutions that we have, uh, you know, the, the, our, our business was created and founded in the UK. It was created on the back of a sales book, which was written by the founder of the business, Mark Mark Blackmore, who's my partner in the US business, along with Simon, Simon Rosgrow. And, and Mark uh, wrote a book called The Single Sales Principle, which was very successful. And off the back of that, he created a, a classroom training curriculum. Mm -hmm. And that classroom training curriculum ha has been enormously successful within many, many organizations around the world and, and, and there's a there's a fabulous you know client base uh, from large tech organizations like Google through to house building companies manufacturing companies you know really across the board all around this 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 principal selling series where the 16 words you know people buy when there's a comp when they've got a compelling need that's met by a credible solution with perceived value um, and what we've done is we've uh, also repurposed that content into what we call a, a supported study online, where it's not just about e-learning, which is great, it's interactive and it's got videos and presentations and assignments, etc. But what we do is we dovetail that with live webinars and through the learning management system that it's delivered from, the learners have direct access to a tutor or instructor through the messaging. No, so true. you've got uh, weekly live webinars, mm -hmm. which are um, uh, synchronous, two-way, okay? And then you've got uh, this ongoing messaging, etc. And then you've got the self-study. And, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a really, really cool program. And we also deliver that in the classroom as well, yeah. um, you know, for face-to-face. -face. Uh, and one of the reasons why we went into online is because we wanted to reduce the barrier to entry for people taking professional sales training. Yeah. But we wanted to do it based on all the success that we'd had off, off, out of the classroom model. Uh, we didn't want it, because it's online, it's the light version. Okay. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's why we do that live interaction with the webinars, etc., mm -hmm. because it means people were replicating the classroom environment, if you will.
Okay. Cool. So you brought you brought up a point I wanted to actually hit on it before you know we run out of time. Um, differentiating yourself. Yeah. So there are. I mean, just talking about sales trainers, I see tons of them online. Like everyone has their own sales training program and stuff. And like, how do you differentiate yourself from them? Like to show that we actually know what we're talking about. We've done it. You know, we got we got some really good testimonials up here with some big names. <laughs> as I was looking at earlier. Yeah. Sure. But like. Even for then down to the normal, like a car salesman or someone like me, where you're trying to differentiate yourself between all these other people and, you know, make a good name for yourself. <laughs> well, um, I, I mean, there's two or three answers I have to that question. Uh, the first one is though is that um, when I sit down in front of a prospective client for the very first time, I have to be the best salesman in the room. Yeah. And if they don't feel that and they don't believe that, they ain't gonna buy sales training off me. Yeah. You know that that that's point number one. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, you know, uh, I, we're, we're not doing this because we think it's uh, you know better than opening a coffee shop. We're doing it because it's something that we're very passionate about, and that then moves on to the 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 other reason why people buy from us. Uh, people buy from us, and actually, people buy from your listeners. Um, they may not do it consciously. We actually ask people to make this conscious decision. They buy because we have a shared set of beliefs, bottom line. Um, in, in the way we go about selling what we do, which also supports that differentiation, we do this quite um, uh, overtly because I want to make the point. You know, I will sit down in front of somebody for the very first time and they'll say, yeah, so tell me about your business. And I say, okay, I'd love to tell you about the business, but let's just take a, a, a step back. One of the things I do want to tell you about, because it's going to frame how our discussions are going to go, I want to tell you why people buy from us today. And people buy from us today because we have a shared set of beliefs. And, and, and those shared set of beliefs for us is that we can make salespeople and the organizations achieve more through having a professional learning and development program. And that's a really important belief for us to be able to share. Yeah. We can then talk about how we do it and what we do. But to start with, let's agree that we're both in the same place. You know, do you, Mr. Customer, believe that your people can be more successful, they can achieve more, support growing your business through a professional, continual and sustainable learning and development process around sales? And if the answer to that question is no, actually, I don't. Actually, I don't know why I'm sat there. And I would ask the question, so why am I here? Yeah. Okay. Now, that in itself is very differentiating, but it speaks to the heart of we, why people buy from us is because we start from the position of that we have a shared belief. Now, I get it that that doesn't necessarily work if you're selling cars, but it could because it could be adapted around that. Yeah. Okay. Um, th there's no question of that. And then we'll start talking about the how and the why. But, you know, you talk about this differentiation. I mean, I have people sell to me all the time, you know. Um, but uh, I, I actually hope that people stop cold calling me because it always turns into a lesson. <laughs> For, because the fact of the matter is, is I would say off the top of my head that at least 75% of salespeople in the world and actually, in the United States, I think they're worse. And you might tell me, you might say to me, "Why is that, John?" Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. I'll, I'll tell you my thoughts around that. They all sound the same. Yeah. Everybody sounds the same. 
beats the living daylights out of me, you know. And, and I pick up the phone. Hi, it's John. Oh, yeah, my name is so-and-so, and I'm from, and we do, and da-da, and da, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and it's... Uh, yeah. You know, th there's nothing differentiating. There's nothing that's going to inspire me within the first 15, 20 seconds um, to be able to have a... Uh, to, to actually kind of invest my time in a conversation. Uh, and... Uh, and, and one of the reasons for that as well is, you know, it's one of the things I always say to, to our clients, do you do any secret shopper stuff? Go and ring your competition as a secret shopper and see what they sound like. Yeah. And you tell me whether you think that's good or not and measure it against how you think your people sound. Yeah. And and they'll do that, you know. They'll ring and say, oh, you know, I'm interested in X, Y, and Z. They go, they're terrible. Yeah. Now ring your own people and find out. And guess what? They sound exactly the same. That's where I come in. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's because I'm providing real proof. Yeah. Of it could be significantly better. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's right. There is kind of a. I, I hear it when telemarketers all the time, like I don't even. That's how you just know when you pick up the phone if it's a telemarketer or not. Like they all have that the exact same script that they thought worked 20, 30 years ago and hasn't changed. Car salesmen are exactly the same way, which is why the industry is hated so much. <laughs> like they have the same way of speaking. You just you know that it's just scripted and it's not real. So it's like it's a problem. It, it's an enormous problem. Uh, I mean, what's even more of a problem are the companies that think that they can do that by a recorded message. By the way, you know, which yeah. I, which which actually that, that, that's the other thing. You know, I pick up the phone and 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 and, and they they've got this technology these days where you know you say hello mm. and it kind of automatically responds back as hello and and for the first ten seconds you think you're having a conversation with a real person and then you realise this is a recording and. and Oh, I'm going to think really favorably towards your company because you've taken the time to play me a recording. You know, uh, I mean, it's, it's crazy stuff. But, but you know, you, you, you're absolutely right. There is no differentiation. Now, the, the point I made before is where I actually think people in the salespeople in the United States are, for example, not as good at this kind of stuff as, say, people in the United Kingdom is uh, actually because of opportunity. You know, if you look, you know, what is. I think the GDP of the United States is somewhere in the region of about $19 trillion. Um, in the United Kingdom, I think the GDP is about 3 to $4 trillion. Um, the GDP per capita is significantly greater over here. What does that mean? It means there's more money, there's more opportunity. When there's more money and there's more opportunity, guess what? It's complacency. Yeah, they get lazy. They get lazy. Absolutely right. Because, you know, it's like buses, you know, you can, th there'll be another one along in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Not in New Hampshire, but yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there will be another one along in a minute. Uh, and, and what that creates, and this is why inspirational sales leadership is so important. What, what, what it does is it, it, it means that there is, there are no consequences uh, for, for actually not taking advantage of the sales opportunities that, 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 that come to you and not differentiating yeah. um, uh, because you know there's going to be another one in a minute, along in a minute, or you can find another one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and it's a, it's a significant issue. Uh, it, it really is. And the only way, 
I mean, I can go and stand up in front of anybody and speak for an hour on this subject, and I can inspire them, and I can entertain them, and I can, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, give them a great experience. But the fact of the matter is, I'm only doing that for an hour. The likelihood, and there's loads of statistics out there that, that suggest that uh, actually they'll have forgotten everything I've got, I've I've said, or or seventy to eighty percent of it within a week. Yeah. You know. Um, so what needs to come uh, uh, what what needs to, to to come about is actually how do you implement a program where you can have a distributed knowledge transfer experience over a period of time that drips this information to them and keeps provides frameworks for people to be able to use like a roadmap you know yeah. Uh, what did I do today? You know, I had to drive to Bedford to come and see you. I've been to Bedford a couple of times before, but I stick it in my GPS. Yeah. That's my roadmap, okay? Uh, we provide people with that roadmap for the sales process. Gives them something to ha uh, hold on to, you know? It, it, on, on my GPS, if, I, it, if there's, if there's a, an accident, uh, uh, it'll give me an alternative route. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. We provide alternative ways to go about overcoming, you know, the challenge of how we make the most of our sales opportunity. Hmm. Okay, pretty cool. Yeah, so if I go any further, we're going to run over time. Sure. So <laughs> we'll have to do this I told again you this sometime. was part one. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to do this again sometime. This is actually really, really knowledgeable. I quite enjoyed it. Thank you. So. Only quite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very much. Thank you. <laughs> probably the best one today so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the only one. Yeah, <laughs> second, second. So, thank you everyone for watching, and thank you, John, for coming on the show. A pleasure, Chris. Thanks for inviting me. It's great to uh, see you and, and talk to everybody. Yeah, it's actually nice to run into other people who enjoy sales and see the value. It's I don't run into that very often around here, so it's kind of refreshing. Well, I, I, I hope I can take my evangelistic approach yes. and, and spread the word, and you'll help me do that. I hope so, and that's our goal, too. So thank you guys so much for watching, and uh, we're going to roll out here with a word from our sponsors, and I will see you guys in the next episode. If you head over to nhbusinessshow.com slash self-author, you'll get your chance at two um, self-authorship programs. So you can buy one for yourself and for a friend at the same time. For, this, for the same low price. Um, it saves you a ton of money and give the gift of self-improvement to somebody else. So nhbrinshow.com slash self-author and get started.